Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. For December the 26th, 2009, I'm your host, Lottie Miss Clarty, and your co-host is Brother Blondie, coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio, with fresh news and updates every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the place to be heard and to hear what's going on right here on the Lottie Miss Clarty blog show. We have a continuation of last show this evening, talking on preachers pimping in the pulpit. And to add to that, this segment, Christians and Christian leaders using the word of God for one's own agenda or interest. You got something to say? Say it. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. Call into the call-in number to listen or to voice your opinions at. 347-884-8684. 347-884-8684. The number again is 347-884-8684. And stay tuned in on what we're going to talk about when it comes to the NAACP in your area. We're going to talk more on world news, national news, and local news and weather. Again, this is the place to be heard and to hear what's going on right here on the Love Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. We hope to hear from you. We will be right back. Thank you. 
Venus Pebble Park, she was Tiger Woods High School sweetheart. Mm-hmm. You know, she come out the woodwork saying, you know, life wasn't always perfect, that he was constantly calling, crying about mm-hmm. well, his dad used to cheat on his mom mm-hmm. all the time, and and uh, you you know actually kept the actually kept the discipline. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger Woods dumped after the prom, but he did by letter. You know, he didn't do it face to face, and she still holds on to, to that letter. Yeah. And this was like back in what, '94. Uh, 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 mm-hmm. For these, uh, they they been they were together three years, and and my thing is, Lordy, Miss Clardy, is. Dina Gravel Parr is currently married. Oh, is she? Yeah. Why would you still hold on to that letter? Hey, that he dumped you and all that. Uh, I mean, I, you, I guess misery like company. I don't know. I mean, I I, I kind of wonder how how is her marriage doing? Mm, as I said, memories. I uh, do it, but you know this is the only Tiger Woods story that that Brother Blondie here is gonna uh, uh, if you just heard you you know find another way to make extra money for a kid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the one of his other mistresses there's a porn deal for the works. <laughs> works. Oh my! And, and, Wait a minute. Are you saying Miss Star? No. Oh, okay. Who is it this time? Uh, uh, just another one of his uh, uh, mistresses, mm. uh, uh, allegedly fourteen. I, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, and you know, the high school sweetheart. She also uh, complained that she was surprised with the woman uh, and with, that he was able to get a woman as long as he did. Well, honey, of course he's Tiger Woods, baby. No, it's like, let, let, shoot, if I have more than $150 million a year just by wearing a Nike logo when I play golf, I'm going to have multiple players too. Well, you know, that's just the way of life. No, I met a couple millionaires, and you know, while I was at the get together, 
you know, uh, and it's time to go, uh, you know, I gave a hug. And this guy said to me, uh, she just wants the money. And then I said, well, couldn't it be just a spiritual connection? And then another lady took and said, oh, even Tiger Woods had a spiritual connection. <laughs> and we all cracked up our her and she wasn't right, you know what I'm saying, because, you know, there's such things going on with Tiger Woods, you know what I'm saying. And, you know, it was just a way to bring charm and happiness and, I guess, some laugh into, you know, the time-to-go situation we all leaving. Uh, to, to go our ways and different things. And, you know, it's such a sad thing to see that people get busted doing stuff that, you know, that, that, that don't need to happen. Just get a divorce, you know, and, and go on with your life rather than to tip around the corner and up the street try love too. You know what I mean? Right. You know, show ain't easy to do. Anything else you got to uh, put on the table? Oh, yeah. I, oh, there's, there's a, a, a uh, we're going to talk more about the 11 victims who I feel deserves more media coverage than Tiger Woods' alleged uh, uh, girlfriends, uh, so to speak. Okay. We're going to talk more on Anthony Soule, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Strangler. Mm-hmm. The man who's in jail waiting trial. Okay. For what's going on with Anthony so well? Well, you you know he's playing the mentally insane card and and all those type of things. But one of those things that's going to work against him uh, per se, mm-hmm. if he gets any type of hell time, Lardy Clardy, mm-hmm. it is because of the one woman he did not kill. Her name is Lori Frazier. Mm-hmm. Lori Frazier happens to be the niece oh, really? of Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson. She said that she had a relationship with some, uh two years ago. Uh, she don't know why he would uh, do this. Uh, and I never would have thought there would be somebody in the house. You kidding me? You was in his house. All that smell? Yeah, all that smell. Trust me, Mm -hmm. I would have uh, uh, thought of something. Mm -hmm. Uh, As as far as, you know, the uh, mayor's uh, niece, uh, you you know, I guess, you know, hopefully she learned her lesson from it. But also... uh, He's also been charged with an alleged assault and rape of a 36-year-old woman back in September. Okay. And uh, that's how when they that's how they got the search warrant. Okay. And that's how they was they was able to uh, find uh, the other body. And what gets me even more about these 11 victims, Laura Bisclardi. Of the 11, and once again, I'll name the 11, Tanya Carmichael of Warrensville Heights, 52 years old. She was the first victim found. Uh, uh, Talisha Fortson of East Cleveland, she was 31. Uh, her mother, three. Tashana Culver, 31 years old. Nancy Cobbs, 43 years old. Amelda uh, Hunter, 47 years old. Crystal Dozier, 38 years old. 
45-year-old Michelle Mason, uh-huh. 49-year-old Janice Webb, 44-year-old Timmy Vett Smith, 25-year-old LaShonda Long, and 38-year-old Diane Turner. Now, of these, uh, of these 11 women that's been that was uh, found dead in this house, Lordy, Miss Clardy, four of those 11 victims wasn't even reported missing. One of those, uh, one of those, uh, uh, Tashana Culver, uh, you, you you know, seven kids. Now she's a mother of seven kids, and was never reported missing. That's interesting. Yes, and uh, also uh, was not uh, re- reported missing. Uh, Lord Miss Clardy was Crystal Dozier, uh, thirty-eight year old was. Uh, and she was last seen mm-hmm. in October of 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, also was not reported missing, uh, Kimmy Beth Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, she was last seen on New Year's Day of this, of this year, 2009, but the, they did, the police, no one reported her missing until August of, of uh, 2009. Okay. I mean, excuse me, she uh, was not, yeah, she wasn't important until November 2nd, 2009. Uh, so, sorry to hear, hear that. And uh, LaShonda Long, has, 25 years old, has not been seen in over a year. She wasn't reported missing either. Now, yes, we can blame law enforcement for, you know, maybe uh, sugarcoating it or sweeping it to the rug, but at some point, you know, where, where do family where family members take the blame? I think they take the blame on these four cases I just mentioned. Okay. You do have to at least report them missing. Right. I in mean, order for the police to do something. Well, maybe that, that maybe goes to the, in particular, that weren't um, reported have been already gone for a very, very long time out of the family anyway. And they didn't think anything of it. I, you know, Lord and Miss Clardy, I would agree with you on that. If maybe we were just talking about twenty-five-year-old Lashonda Long, but uh, I, I do you think that those those women are they white and black? You know uh, that he have uh, uh, done this too. Um, that he has killed, or are those all black women? All 11 of these victims on here, Lordy, Ms. Clardy, is are, are black women. Okay. And you can log on to action19news.com. That's the uh, CBS affiliate in Cleveland. They will show the, the website will show all the uh, 11 uh, uh, pictures of the uh, victims. But Tashana Cole, now, this woman had seven kids. Mm-hmm. You would think, Lardy, Miss Clardy, under those circumstances, that some family member would have re- reported her missing. Maybe she left those seven kids long time ago, a year ago. You know, maybe the, the family member knew that you know she was you know out in the street. Um, maybe they would have known that she wouldn't come back full time soon. So that's why they did not uh, uh, report her. 
or or any of the above. Maybe she might have had a falling out and left the kids there. You just don't know. Yeah, that uh, uh, that could be, you know, one part of it. Uh, you you know, in fact, uh, one of the surviving victims, Lord Frazier, uh, uh, she said she encountered Soul while walking in the neighborhood, and he took her uh, back to his home where he became violent and raped her while raping her, strangled her with a cord until she lost uh, consciousness. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you, you know, I, I guess it's a miracle that uh, she was able uh, to survive that because, uh, you know, apparently Anthony Soule did, uh, definitely didn't, didn't care about her. Right. He could care less that she's an embarrassed uh, niece, uh, right. uh, per, per se. But, you know, un- unfortunately, uh, we, we we want justice for these uh, 11 victims. Uh, you, you, you know, the media needs to focus more on that. Uh, J- Jane Willette, Mitchell, Nancy Grace, Joey Behar, uh, leave Tiger Woods uh, alone for, for a minute. <laughs> and focus on uh, Anthony Soule. We don't want another black-on-black crime to uh, get away scot-free, like Dr. Conrad in the Michael Jackson uh, case. I'm still dumbfounded that he's back at work. Uh, oh, you know, let's look at it like this, Brother Blondie. All news is news, no matter what it is. If it can be put out there for the hearers, there's every hearer for every type of different news to be said. And news is news, even if it means that you know you have pricked yourself with a pen and it become news, okay? News is news. They're going to do that. And, you know, let's find out what's going on with the weather here in Columbus, Ohio. What's going on? Here, come over here and uh, show us what's, what's up with this uh, new single thing, you know, to show what this weather is all about. Well, you know, today we had uh, mostly cloudy uh uh, temperatures, you uh, you know, high in the 40s, you know, going to be in the uh, 30s. And, you know, uh, current conditions right now is uh, 39 degrees, and I do agree with the fact that it feels uh, cooler. They sure do. Uh, they feel yeah, to, uh, to Earlier today. Yeah, it felt uh, warmer earlier today, but uh, this evening we're going to have some snow showers. Oh, yeah, it's going to get cold. Uh, low is going to be 33. Uh, to tomorrow, uh, few uh, more snow showers. Uh, high only uh, 33, and Monday, uh, more snow showers. The high is going to be only uh, uh, 27. Uh, we, we won't see a 30s uh, or any type of sun to doggone near close to New Year's Eve. Oh, you're talking about December the 31st, Thursday, where we got the high of 35 with snow showers and the low. It, be 24 degrees, so you're saying we won't probably see any of this until probably Wednesday or Thursday, huh? Uh, right, but you, you you know the bad weather ain't going to stop Brother Blondie from hosting the New Year's Eve party. Oh, New Year's know? Eve at 1679 Cordell Avenue. The party starts at 9. I'll be playing your hits, your tunes, and we'll be in some line dancing contests. Who can who can train right now? Yes, who can who can do the best booty call? Who can do oh, the best Cupid shuffle? Lord. Oh, 
who who could do them cha-chas, all, all of that type stuff. Me and my sister, Miss Miss, will challenge you right. and, 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 to, uh, and to those line dances. We're going to bring back line dancing to 2010. Man, wow. That sounds like a winner, I guess, for all the party animals out there. Thank you, Blondie, for the news and stuff like that. We can go on to a break, and we'll be right back. With the kiss and cuddling, while American diamonds. 
Well, now here we are back on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host, Brother Blondie, is going to play back what you just heard there. What did I hear something about? It's on tonight. Yeah. I wonder who made that song. Well, that has to be... uh Blog Talk Radio's very own, uh, Wendy Clark. Now, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? You know, I, I think I'm becoming a, 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 a an artist, you know, a little bit in everything, I think. You know, I, I, I put that on there because I'm having fun figuring out all what to Wendy, what's all to Lardy Miss Clardy here, what, what, what's going on with her. And, you know, and I'm hoping that, you know, you enjoyed that song. I just put it out there just to see what you think about it. Well, I think it's great, and I guarantee you, you'll never hear Lady Gaga on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio show. Oh, no, because I like Lady Gaga. Well, well, have your poker face on there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Well, we'll, that's a lot. Well, but... uh, a lot. As as far as you you, you know the uh, the project there, and I I think it's great music that you play. Hey, you know it's just something to do, something to you know pass the time away. You know I want to talk about this uh, this Rihanna lady, this young young lady named Rihanna. She got a video out called Hard, and she stands so strong portraying a militant woman with military men. As the soldiers shoot them up, bang, bang, blowing up stuff with grenades and, and fire roaring out in the desert. And Rihanna walks amongst the chaos and sings a song called Hard. And what she, and to me, I was saying, what was she thinking about when she made this? You know, my son said it was due to battered women's syndrome and that the video shows Rihanna as a stronger and more confident person. And I say, yeah, she do stand strong. She look like she's out there to anybody that come at her like Chris Brown did. She going to have something waiting for them, you know. So she is now saying she is not a victim anymore. She is hardcore, you know. And then I looked at Chris Brown's video I don't, I don't even remember what the name of that video was called here. I don't remember what it was called because the video, only, only thing that you could get out of it was that it seemed so sad in uh, showing Chris Brown as a weak young man or a weakened young man. It asserted Chris as defeated. You know, it looked like he was so sorry for everything. You know, <laughs> maybe that was because he lost a few of his endorsements after he had a fight, you know. I don't know what to call that video, but it sure came off to me as not the stocky Chris Brown I knew. Well, I think in those two cases, first and foremost, on the Chris Brown thing, BET has forgiven him, you know, He's he's back on 106 in Park, showing his uh, uh, music videos, old and new. And you you know apparently Rihanna has uh, uh, bounced back, but it was more important for Rihanna to bounce back, Lardy Miss Corey, than any other abused woman in 2009. Oh, explain that. 
Not, you know, we did episodes on domestic violence uh, before, uh, Wendy, mm-hmm. and one of my philosophies of women who are in uh, battered relationships, mm-hmm. when you're in an easier situation than most abused women to get out, then I think you should get out. In the case of Rihanna, you know, she's rich, right, and she has no kids. You know, most abused women, and, I, and, and I've been hearing this ever since June 12th of 1994 when, when Nicole Brown was uh, murdered that day, allegedly by, by OJ. And the thing I've heard people like my grandfather, and, and I've heard, you, you, you know, women who were in abused relationships say, mm-hmm. well, I just don't have the money to just wait and all that. Mm-hmm. But, but someone like... Like like Nicole Brown Simpson, they're saying it now with Re, uh, Rihanna and Whitney Houston on them. They 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 have the the money, and and I feel although every relationship ain't easy, and no matter how hard or difficult it is to get out of abusive uh, that relationship, Mark Miss Cardi, mm-hmm. I do feel that. When when you are in an easy uh, uh, situation, that easy situation ain't going to hit uh, every single uh, abused uh, uh, woman on this planet. Mm-hmm. But when it does, when that situation does hit a woman, then I think she does need to, uh, to take advantage of the case of Rihanna. I mean, she probably had to, you you know, tell her, look, you, you 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 know you can't knock on my door. Jay Z's on cross uh, bodyguard me. You uh, that 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 type deal. And, 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 and you know who 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 knows if if Chris Brown hadn't uh, you, you you know had Paris Hilton sex text message in his phone quite quite well. How do you that? know that? How do you know that it's Paris Hilton? Are you just Throw stuff out your mouth, no, Lumbar. No, no, okay. no, no. You ain't doing that, are you? No, I'm not okay. doing that. No, I'm not I doing that. You is, know that, that. No, no. Right. This is the this, uh, this is what TMZ.com uh, uh, has said, as, as well as uh, CNN's showbiz tonight. And trust uh, me, uh, any alarming with Cardi, you know as well as I, anything that that. Connected with Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, and Lindsay Lohan is going to be automatic news, and it's going to be automatic uh, uh, blown uh, uh, blown up. Mm-hmm. But but we're you 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 know, in domestic violence goes on all, all the time. Right. Uh, just yesterday, Chris uh, Christmas Day, mm-hmm. day according to uh, CBS News, our own Charlie Sheen, of the sitcom Two and a Half Men. He he was he was arrested on domestic violence charges, and this past Tuesday, Mary J. Blige was well, uh, wasn't arrested, but was thrown out out of a nightclub club because she was her husband and 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 yelled out in his car to get this. Told her husband, "What you going to Chris Brown?" Okay, well I guess that's enough of that one. Here, I guess, I guess it's just like that Tiger Woods thing. You know what I mean? It never grow old. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so we go. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. 
push it up, and we're going to talk about what's up with the NAACP in your area. And by the way, Brother Blunt, I want to thank you for your comments on that because, you know, there's a lot that a person can use to think about, you know, especially when it comes to women uh, that's getting beat up by, you know, they men that say they love them, you know. I mean, I'm not going to go too far on that. I'm just going to just say that and then I'm moving on here because we need to find out what's up with the NAACP in your area, Okay. And I have a story that came from a young lady that emailed me, and uh, her name is uh, Wendy Allen, okay? And uh, she, she sent a message over to me, and I was talking to her over the, over the Internet, you know, and I was talking to her about all the great things that the Columbus Branch NAACP was doing and stuff, and then she wrote me back. And she said the NAACP in Southern Illinois don't do anything about what hurts us here. She said in Jackson County, Illinois, we have a state's attorney that is just interested in a conviction, no matter if the person is guilty or not. Her son was held for 370 days on three counts of first-degree murder and was acquitted in April of this year and was out of jail for five weeks when he was attacked and beaten by the police that lied on the stand at his trial, and he was taken to jail for resisting, and his bond was $100,000. The police in Carbondale, Illinois, are out to get her family, she says, because they was exposed for not doing an investigation into the murder that, that they charged her son with. They took, they just took the word of some people that don't like her son. Uh, and and it, some mind said, okay, now, uh, as, as I was explaining all the great things that uh, the Columbus chapter of NAACP is doing here in Columbus, Ohio, and to hear that the NAACP in Southern Illinois isn't doing anything about what's hurting the families and individuals there. This is like one lady that is standing up, speaking up, and speaking out about there is no help for her and that there are um, some things that's going on with police misconduct in that area that is causing her to feel that she's in a fearful situation. And um, I just want to put that on black, you know, and I like get Wendy to come on to the radio and talk about about the you know what's going on uh, the, you know, as an update. So uh, just stay tuned with that. But I just wanted to see wow. who who's in in their area. What's going on? You know, hey, are they doing a great job? You know, in your area. You know, because we need the NAACP. Well, let me ask you this, though, uh, Lori, Ms. Clarkie. Noelle Williams of the Columbus chapter has heard that story. What was her reason uh, to, to that? Actually, I hadn't said anything about it. I just got this maybe about two, three days ago. And, you know, and I just decided that it would be something that we would talk about because, hey, uh, again, as I said before, that the NAACP is needed for what is happening around the state and national. People need someone that they can go to and to get 
uh, help. And um, to be thrown that stone that the NAACP is now working in Illinois area, Carbondale to be exact, or Southern Illinois, excuse me, um, that's a, that's, that, that, that to me is, is, is alarming because I would think, you know, hey, if Columbus Branch is moving forth and making movements to take care of things and help people, then how come, why isn't it happening there? And when she spoke that story, I couldn't help but to uh, to put it on and uh, put it up and, and talk about it and hopefully that the national of the NAACP will pick up on this particular uh, story and uh, uh, perhaps call the Southern Illinois chapter and, um, and find out what they're doing because there is a lady that is in great need of help because of what's going on with her son and that it may be a great threat to her family. And, you know, and I thought I would put it out there. Okay? Now, we're going to go to one more piece of news, okay? And this one is about Uganda anti-homosexuality bill linked to U.S. Christian group, Okay? And what they're saying here is that the anti-homosexuality bill, 2009, is going through Uganda's parliament after receiving its first reading last month. According to Clause 2 of the bill, a person who is convicted of gay sex is liable to life imprisonment. But if that person is also HIV positive, penalty under the heading aggravated homosexuality is death. The mere touching of another person with intent to have gay sex is punishable by life in prison. The bill also criminalizes advocacy of a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsex, transsex, what is it, transsexual? Gender. Well, you could say transgender issues, okay? Memberships of this organization, of this type of organization, and funding for them, advocacies of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, human rights, and the provisions of condoms or safer sex advice to to this this group of people, um, they're saying will result in a minimum sentence of five years and a maximum of seven years for promoting sexuality, nor are gay Ugandans who flee their country safe. The bill has provisions for extraterritorial jurisdiction. The law, if passed, will also apply to Ugandans who engage in homosexual behavior while living abroad. Violators overseas will be subjected to extradition and trial and punishment in Uganda. You can imagine what happened to them if they got a they got a bill that will pass all the way over to as an extraterritorial jurisdiction. Ain't no telling what will happen to the other person in that in 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 their state for that. Okay, for that crime, they might have it set up where it links on over into. Uh, you know, another country or the United States. That's the way I'm looking at it. And then, wait a minute, and then it goes further to say there are violators overseas will be subjected to extradition, trial, and punishment in Uganda. Okay, there are estimated to be 
500,000 gay people in Uganda from a population of about 31 million, according to Gay Rights Group, okay? Then we go down further, okay, um, where, uh, uh, you know, where the weekend on the margins of the Commonwealth Conference uh, was being held in Port of Spain, Trinidad, both uh, British Prime Minister Gordon Brown and Canadian Prime Minister Stephen, Har- Stephen Har- Harper told President New Stephenie, uh, I'm sorry if I break up the name, but um, I can't say the name correct, of Uganda, that uh, legislation was unacceptable. They might also have a chat with Senator John Ensign, Senator Tom Corburn, Charles Grassley, the Senator Charles Grassley, and Governor Mark Sanford, and Representative Bart Stupak, not Tupac, Stupak, okay, and Rep- Representative Joe Pitts, among they're all members of a radical Christian group called the Family, the group which dates back to 1930s more recently came to our attention for the shenanigans surrounding the affair of Nevada Senator John Ensign and the Congressional uh, Boarding House on C Street. But according to Jeff Charlotte, okay, uh, author of the family, what he's saying, he says, the family, also known as the Fellowship, was founded in the United States in 1935. According to its founders, Abraham Vernine, uh, excuse me, Vereen, Abraham Vereen. God came to him one night in April 1935 and told him that Christianity has been focused on the wrong people, the poor and the suffering, the down and out. Instead, God commanded him to be a missionary to and for the powerful, the up and in, who could then pass off the blessings to everybody else. The group does not maintain a website, and it prohibits its members from speaking about its activity. The group is now run by Doug Coe. The group is also the sponsor of the annual National Prayer Breakfast that has been attended by all presidents since Dwight Eisenhower. Now, all presidents, you know, I, I was... I don't know if Barack Obama would be all up in that, maybe. You know, we don't know, but, you know, that's just that's the thought. Okay, now, in the interview, um, Mr. Charlotte, who spent years researching on the family, described the core agenda of secretive but powerful group as one that is intent on fighting homosexuality and abortion, promoting free market economics and dictatorship. And... An ideal they once termed total totalitarianism for Christ. The family recruits people in positions of power and influence to promote its agenda. And according to Charlotte, the group has had its sights on Uganda for about 20 years, okay? Now, to go to Duck Cole, okay, uh, you know, when we go to Doug Cole, this is what they're saying about Doug Cole, who is the is the, is the rule over the family, okay? With whom you got this president reported consult, okay? And is the same man who believes that the ruthless dictator 
such as Hitler, Ellen, and Mel mirrors Jesus. Central message on power. Charlotte says that core members of the family participate in deciding the group's agenda, a privilege not enjoyed by other members of the group. Okay, then it goes further. Doug Cole, the leader of the group, tries to illustrate this, for example, by saying sort of posing a puzzle. Name three men in the 20th century who best understood that message of the New Testament. And most people are going to say someone like Martin Luther King or a Bonhoeffer, or maybe the more conservative, they can say evangelist Bill Graham. And Cole always liked to give an answer, saying that Hitler, Stanley, and Mayo which just makes your jaw drop, and he will say, he quickly will say that these men are evil, but they understood power, and that message recurs again and again and again in the family. Now, okay, now here you have, you know, Charlotte who spent time within the family as an undercover researcher, given access to its leaders and archives, says that the group actively promotes dictator, dictators in pursuit of its economic and other interests. Because of its influence in Washington, the seat of the American government, foreign leaders, find it in their interest to associate with the group. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. That's deep. It, it, it sounds like, uh, Ms. Clardy, and this is my reason why <laughs> You know, people want to attack gay issues, you you know, so strongly and and, and, and heavily. It has nothing to do with morals. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to pick on gay people. I'll give you a perfect example. When you go in the driving park area of, of Columbus, you see drug dealers, crackheads, drugs, tricks. So they're still picking on the all, lowly. All, 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 Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but I mean, but they're pushing but, agendas, you but, know, in the name yeah. of, of of Jesus. I mean, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is Marty, Miss Miss Cardi, the fact is, they people are here to stay. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. You can make all the laws and all that type stuff. The thing what black people really need to be upset about, if they really want to be upset about gay people, is that there are three things gay people do better than straight black people, uh, Lordy Miss Clardy. What is that? They uh, they vote more than what we do, and I'm saying that as yeah, but that's not fact, what I'm talking. That's they not... take pride in their communities better than, than no. Than we see, do. you take it and last but not least, you don't want to take a stand. They know how to stick together. Yeah, but so do all of us when the time comes. The point is, is that we have the the main focus is not just based on what they are better than we. It's talk about human rights that everybody do enjoy as an inalienable right according to the Constitution. And you've got people that is in power because they're Christians and they're, you know, using, you know, God's, uh, you know, Bible 
or the words that's in the Bible to show that uh, they can push this. But that's saying that everybody's got an opinion on what they think God is or Jesus is and what, and what they talk about, just like they're saying in here. One of the family's central ideals, according to Jeff Sharp, they're saying that G, uh, is that Jesus Christ's message was not about love, mercy, justice, or forgiveness. Rather, it was about power. The group, that Jesus, the group says that Jesus didn't come to take five. He came to take over. And I'm like, okay, if that be the case, then, uh, you know, in other words, what, they're going to start up another Hitler thing, you know, and, 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 and just become totally controlling everybody's, you know, thoughts, moves, just like how some of the churches do. They, they get stuck on one part, and they hammer that thing home, not seeing that there's another side to that, too, you know, because just like they're saying this, this, but there's another side to this, too, that they're not looking at. Perhaps, you know, it makes Jesus look like he's a schizophrenic or something. I don't know. I, I mean, you, you, you make all good uh, quality points points on that. But when we talk about homosexuality, the problem with homosexuality, and not necessarily homosexuality per se, but homosexuality, the topic of it itself is a bandwagon topic. Well, I'm sure. But nevertheless, all that's on the bandwagon, understand what I'm saying? They are still people. Well, yeah, they're, they're yeah, they, they they are still uh, a, a people. Even though the majority may find, the Christians find that it is wrong. But, God, I don't think that, you know, it was meant for us to judge them, you know, according to what their preferences is in life because everybody does something, you know, whether it's good or bad. Look at the world how it really is. You know, you've got a little bit of everything running around in this little pot that we call the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, to sit to say we're going to stand up and and stop someone from living, we're going to put them to death, we're going to lock them up, base up off of this, it's almost like a racial card game. Yeah, but the thing what I don't understand about that. If if you can't keep straight people from fooling around with each other, what makes you think you keep gay people from doing it? The issue is is that the whole ideal is that it's infringing on inalienable rights, human rights. You know, we have a constitution. There is a law. There is a law within the law of the Bible that they're going by that dictates this too. Well, it's it's funny, Marty, Miss Cardi, the the Bible also says that when a woman's husband passes away, one of his brothers must be her next husband. But we don't see straight people running running towards that, that biblical law now, are we? Well, uh, I don't we, know we, what that got to do I with mean, but what I'm both, no, you, you, no, you don't want to take it No, there. no, no. But what I'm trying to say is, though, though Lardy, Miss, Miss, Miss Clardy, when, when someone brings up the topic of gay, period, whether it's homosexuals in general or same-sex marriage, that's when all of a sudden everybody wants to be a Christian, everybody's an expert, and everybody wants to hide the, uh, the, behind the uh, book. book. 
and I'm not and, and I'm not being that advocate to jump for uh, further off. But what I am saying is, people, if you're going to stand by the Bible when it speaks against, then you need to stand by the Bible when it speaks in favor too. Okay. A lot of us don't do that. Well, you know, hey, uh, you know, we we stand, we stand accused. Listen, we will be right back. We're going to take a break, and then in this next hour, we are going to get busy on the preachers in the pulpit, uh, preaching, pimping the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? Is that that's a question mark? You know, we'll be right back. We'll talk about it when we get back.
Do you believe some Christian leaders want to have plain power and dictatorship, control over one's life, or a group of individuals' lives? If you know of any, without saying names, with questionable pimping behavior, come and get on this conversation. We want to know about it. It's a hot button. Voice your opinions here at 347-884-8684. The number again is 347-884-8684. Yeah, and if you have any questions or concerns about anything that is newsworthy, contact Brother Blondie at Hotmail.com or Clardy at FamiliesAndVictimsOfFraud.com or visit the website www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com. And we're going to have more that's coming up. So, but for now, I'm going to get back on the subject. Now, I asked those particular questions. Do you believe that some preachers or Christian leaders or other Christian organizations use the word of God to prostitute the body of Christ and or police the congregation? or to push agendas of their own interests. And so we're going to go back over here to which Jesus do you follow? And we were talking about this on last week's uh, uh, segment, okay, uh, called Christian Pimps, a hard word. And it's by Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. And the quote is, Christianity started in Palestine as a fellowship. It moved to Greece and became a philosophy. It moved to Italy and became an institution. It moved to Europe and became a culture. It came to America and became an enterprise. This is quoted by Sam Pasco. And as we know, enterprise, is that a business? But isn't that supposed to be the body? Yeah, that's what I said. I couldn't envision where this line of questioning was going to go, but when a body becomes a business, isn't that prostitution? Isn't that a prostitute? And this was told by David Ryder. And then going to what Coach Dave Dubbermeyer was saying, he was saying he'd been fighting for a long time the prompting of my inner man to take on this subject. And he said, he had been a sellout, a pimp, if you will. Not on purpose, but it was easy to justify lack of courage when confronted with difficulty, difficult issues. I tried to faithfully deliver the mail as the Lord hands it to me, but I have been negligent by eating the crust out of fear of spoiling the pie. Then he goes on to say, oh, my intentions were good. I have, and then he goes, after 10 years of trying to awaken the church to the problem, I have finally mustered the courage to say what I've known all along. The church is the problem. It has become a pimp. Selling the works of the body for personal satisfaction. Most of the poor are fulfilled by hirelings. 
men and women who stand in the pulpit without calling, without anointing, and without courage. They are man-pleasers, living off the body, as they sell it out for their own wind and pleasure. Greedy dogs, Isaiah called them, blind watchmen, loving to sleep, leading the flock astray. And he goes on to say, but not all churches. And then he goes down here and he says, now, he didn't already, didn't already talk to others. But now he says, allow me to be frank as I cut through the chase. Pick up your family and get out of the mausoleum. You are attending and find a place that serves the Lord. Now, and, and then he says, I couldn't care less how many generations your family has been a member, how many pews your families have donated, and how many of your friends attended. Sitting on your butt every Sunday is not serving the Lord. It is serving the Lord. It's serving you. Feel good gospel is a fraud. Jesus taught self-sacrifice, not the fulfillment. Then he goes back. Start fighting back by no longer giving your money. Then he says, is the proposed tithe, is the purpose of tithe to pay senior pastors, associate pastors, youth ministries, worship leaders, and secretaries to do ministry? Oh, 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 oh. Now we really get into a live wire. Don't stop giving, just change where you give, he's saying. Find a ministry that is using the money to reach out to the communities and send tithes there. Remember, it's the Lord's house, which is your finances are to be offered. Then he shows on people have asked him to start a church. I tell them they are nuts. Truth empties churches. It doesn't fill them. My friend Flip Benham says, God like me would be a Dr. Kevorkian of church growth. What man of God would want to wipe noses when he could fight evil? No thanks. And then he goes further to say, the pimp in the pulpit accused street preachers of being undignified. Oh, this is some big stuff. And he says, but you know what? Him and his wife is heading out next week to do ministry work on the streets of Las Vegas. That's right. He's calling him and his wife Christian street walkers. <laughs> now, you know, you know, you know that they are tripping now. And so he goes on to say what caused him to be the way he is is because Dave Devermeyer is host of High Octane Past Assault Radio show that he heard that is on in Columbus, Ohio, excuse me. In 1999, Devin Meyer was sued by the ACLU for playing with his team while coaching high school in Ohio. He now spends his energy fighting Christian principles in the public domain. And as I see here, we have three callers. Don't you go nowhere because we are going to go at this. Now, I am going to call out the first caller online, which is the last four digits, 6386613 area code. You are on the line, and we want you to stand up, speak up, speak out. And the rest of you stay on the line because I'm coming to you next. Go ahead, caller. Hello? 
Hello, we are here. Welcome to the Lordy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. You are on the line. Speak up, stand up, and speak out. We're waiting for you. I just got to say that I agree 100% that they got some preachers out there that are just complete pimps, man. Like, (laughs) 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 I've dealt with it already, man. I've dealt with it, man, and it's terrible. Like, there's a few blog talk radio shows where I'm kind of like a, I'm not welcomed or I'm a black sheep. Or they kind of titled me the black sheep just because I came with a view that's different to theirs, which if they really did their history, they would realize that it's actually the beginning view of what yes. Christianity was. But mm-hmm. they're, they're just so trained in this brainwashing form or way of um, Christianity that they don't even know. It got to the point where I'm speaking and, like, everyone on the line was all ah, was all against me and one woman starts speaking in some type of tongues or whatever you know and, and, <laughs> and the other, yeah. yeah it gets to the point where it's like you cannot even speak common sense because if you do someone starts speaking in some type of tongues to make them like to make you look like they all were saying that i'm a evil spirit or whatever whereas oh. my message was unity i was trying to unite everyone i was trying to say stuff of unity that you know like things putting us all on the same page but they were the ones trying to separate me saying i'm the devil and i'm like sitting there saying how am i the devil if you're trying to separate me from you you know like i'm trying to bring everyone on the same page and realize that yes we all are human beings well as we know there was coach dumpmeyer telling it like it is that's for sure and so he said he was tired of holding all of that on his side when he himself had done that himself. He talked about he's sorry for what he had done. He was like, he's going to give it all up now and tell the truth. And what it done done is put him out on the street to be a street walker because he said he'd rather be out there than to be in the, in the church speaking because at least you know where the enemy is at. That's what he's saying. Hold your thought right there. We're going to go too deep. And we go into the second caller, and we're going to ask the second caller to get on the line and, 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 and converse with us. This is the caller, 9271 with the area code 425. You're on the line. Come on in and speak your mind. Hello, Miss Lardy, Miss Clardy. Hey, this is Woodman. Hi, Woodman. How are you doing? Good. Merry Welcome Christmas back. to you and Brother Blondie. <laughs> and Thank to you, you, too. Thank you. Thank you. What do you think about this? Now, you heard the first caller as he has spoken on the issue. And I'm going to let you all talk about it. What's going on? Well, he, he beat me to the punch. Um, well said, because I, what, that's what I wanted to call up about is oftentimes uh, they're, they're using, you know, religion, you know, and just kind of preying on the minds using, you know, mind control. I mean, there are people that have an agenda right now. And I think mainstream media has us in a left-right mindset as it is, a liberal or conservative. And then they also know that, you know, from the, the pulpit, they can just kind of, you know, keep a lot of the other people in the mainstream just kind of going after the blind faith, whereas right. people aren't using their own brains anymore to know what's right or wrong. And and I think that uh, can be dangerous. Um, I, I'm kind of uh, kind of keep an eye on this New World Order thing. And there are people that are using the media and religion 
and politics to further their agenda. But uh, I think your first caller made some very intelligent, uh, you know, comments about that. And I just kind of like to say, you know, obviously they had the pedophile priest with the Catholic Church, mm. and that was dangerous. Things. 
and you get to the point where you start giving that you stop thinking. And then mm-hmm. next, you know, when the next person comes on and that's doing the same, that may have been started the same way, you're on the side of the other people saying, oh, man, this person's evil or this person is not doing right, you know, just because they're not giving. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's how they do it. Okay, thank you, caller number one. Caller number two, what do you think about that question? Well, I've I got to be careful not to overgeneralize because I tend to do that, you know, often as it is, but I don't want to overgeneralize people in general. But right. I do believe that there are, you know, churches that are out there that, that understand, especially in this economy, that, you know, people might be down on their luck and they're just glad that they came, you know, to visit the community and visit the church. I don't, I don't think um, everybody's going to, you know, expect something. And then, again, I do believe there's some other churches that um, – you know that they do come to expect it they they do they've come to the riches they you know there's some millionaires that are out there from the you know from the pulpit and i think there are some people that expect that and there will be some kind of guilt being played out and and i yeah. i i knew there was a lady I, re- I read about her i didn't know her but she said that you know they they were underwater on their house and they owed some money on their credit card and they were asking the question whether, you know, they should feel guilty about not tithing or whether they should. And, you know, that told me this, this person was having a guilt complex, even though they were in debt and underwater, you know, going to church and, you know, feeling guilty about not paying and having to ask the question whether they should or they shouldn't. And I think that if you're underwater and you're one of the 25% of Americans that are underwater and in debt, I don't think that God would want a bunch of debt slates. You know, okay. I think there's something. I think he'd rather people focus on fixing society than having to pay at church. But you know, that's just me. Hey, that's a good analogy, and you know, and I want to thank you, caller, for that analogy. But we're going to take a break for a minute, and I want y'all both to stay on the line because I'm going to come back with a story that's coming from Prophetess Deborah Champion, uh, which is talking about. Pimps and prostitutes of the pulpit. Now, don't go nowhere. Stay right where you are, and Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show will be right back.
Now, we are back on the Lardy Miss Clardy Talk Radio Show. And Brother Bundy played back that music that we was listening to. Sound like, you know, Pandy Bun or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that was the sweet sounds of Miss Jill Scott. Oh, he, yes. Oh, Jill Scott. Okay. Yeah, it's too bad that I don't know nothing about music where I can tell you. The music are like that's why I got Brother Blondie playing the music. And the jam you heard right before that on our last music break was The Roots and Somebody's Gotta Do It. All right, well, yep, yeah, somebody's gotta do it, that's for sure. <laughs> so we are back and we are talking about Christian and preachers, Christian leaders, or other Christian organizations who use the Word of God to prostitute the body of Christ or the flee the congregation, or to push agendas of their own interests. Do you believe that some preachers and Christians or others uh, use the word to prostitute the body of Christ? Um, and if you believe this, speak up, stand up and speak out about it, because today is the day that we're going to touch the subject, okay? And so I'm going to read um, an article. That is from Prophetess Deborah Champion, and she calls her article Pimps and Prostitutes of the Pulpit, okay? Now, this is what she says. She says, God is dealing with her on those that say they are called. You have made his house a dynasty, she said. God has not taught any prophet, apostle, or bishop to prostitute his people. When folk in the body of Christ are in need of help, deacons and trustee boards are making them fill out forms. You have turned the church into a business and have railroaded it from the house of worship that is that it was created to be. Then she goes to Show me in the scriptures where Jesus told the 5,000, I'm not feeding any of you until you fill out a form. Show me where he, the woman that had, with the issue of blood, so touch me unless you fill out a form. Show me where he told Jarius, I will not heal the order until you fill out a form. Pastors have turned God's house to a spiritual prostituting prostitution ring. Many people are calling prophetic lines for prophecies and, or paying for prophecies 
And then she says, Satan, the Lord rebukes you in the name of Jesus. Now, isn't this funny? You know, I'm going on, you guys, because I am going to finish this up. She says, Jesus never told. No, she says, prophets know your business because you look needy. <laughs> now, listen to this now. She said, prophets know your business because you look needy and walk around with a needy spirit, telling them your date of birth and address and other things about you. A true prophet would never ask you your personal business. He or she will get their revelation from God, not you telling them your personal business over the phone. You, may, you, you, you my brothers and sisters, have not tapped into prophecy, but you have tapped into witchcraft. Any child of God who has repented for whatever reason comes before him with a sincere heart and walk in faith and is entitled to whatever they ask. Then she goes here and she says, healing and deliverance is available to all who believe. Jesus never charged anyone for a healing or for deliverance. People of God do not, do not be deceived. There are two types of prophets. There is the prophet a gift in Corinthians 12, which edifies and bear, edifies of God, and well, let me see, and edifies and bears the prophet, meant the prophetic mantle, will judge sin. Paul told Timothy in Timothy 5 and 20, them that seem rebuke them, that, they, that others may fear. He was talking about the church, not the unsaved. Now, isn't that interesting? That you know this that this Christian leader is talking about other pits or let's say Christian leaders uh, that are in the pulpit, fleecing and 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 and, and prostituting the body of Christ. So what do you think about that? Can anybody speak on that? Somebody line one, line two, come on. Tell me something. I think I think what she said, um, a lot of it is true. And just like the other caller, I just, like, just want to say, too, that I'm not trying to generalize all church or anything, but there are some that are definitely like like what you're saying. And um, it's funny because my mother actually has a friend that's been going to a church for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she's been, com- she's, she's been complaining. She always complains to my mother about stuff going on in the church and, one thing she really, really hates is the guy is the the reverend, the one the one that runs the church. She really did not like the reverend. I really don't know why she keeps going back to this church though. But yeah. and there's one and there's one thing I remember she said the reason why she really doesn't like him is that she said that he does that same thing what she was saying, that people he gets into people's personal business mm, and mm, mm. And what, and this is where the bad, this is where it really gets bad. He gets into people's personal business, then he spreads mm-hmm. it all around the church as as gossip. That right there, myself, I think is maybe one of the worst things you could ever do. You know, like these people are putting trust in you, and for you Absolutely. to put their trust like that and just to spread Absolutely. it around the church, like that is not divine at all. Hey, and I agree. I agree with that. If, you know, and, and caller number two, what do you, what do you say about this? Because I got this one that I just had read, maybe almost thirty minutes ago. But I was 
back up because we're talking about, you know, pro-Christian leaders as well as, uh, you know, leaders that, you know, that are, you know, in the community. But give us what your, what your, uh, what your thought process is on this, uh, what was being read to you. Well, you know, I liken it to um, kind of like marriage. Um, I was married once. I ended up getting divorced and I just make the comment to people that I'll never go get legally married ever again. And they're, you know, I run into a lot of people. They they kind of take the religious standpoint that they, you know, that you're supposed to be married. And they kind of look at me like uh, I'm just bitter. And I'm saying, well, you know, what I'm saying is I've been through the the marriage and I've been through the divorce, and I would never do it again based on how they, you know, treat people in divorce. I said there's no reason mm-hmm. to go sign my name on the county paperwork. If I want to get married by a man of man of the cloth and get a ring as a symbol of my love and you know have a celebration, <laughs> that 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 would be how I would go about doing it rather than going to sign my name on you know for the paperwork. It's like uh, you know why would I want the courts involved in in my private matters? It's kind of like I would like the church to um, you know be involved. If somebody wants to go worship in the church, they need to stick to you know the church business. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, you know, like the the caller's talking about, you 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 get your trust from these people, and then they turn around and spread gossip of people. Um, you know, there's there's something wrong with that. Um, but yeah. you know, it's kind of like you, you put trust in people, and you hope they're going to do the right things. It's it, but it's kind of like uh, like when the Mormons came out and settled in Utah, um, mm-hmm. the people were having sex with uh, the the members' wives. And you talk about prostituting from the pulpit. To me, looking back, not being a Mormon and, and kind of how that started down there, I, would, I don't think that that's right. To, I think that's of man. I don't think that's of God. Well, you, you know, know what? And that, you, and that you said that with me, and I'm going to tell you this. You know, there was a, a fella that, that asked to marry me. And, you know, he's supposedly to be a master theologian or whatever you want to call it. Now, I'm not professing to be a uh, a, a professor in Scripture because, you know, all I know is just walk the darn thing, okay? And, and, and he has made a point to me. He said this question. Well, it really wasn't even a question. It was a statement, you know, in asking, you know, was I interested in this marriage? Because they married three times, of course. And then he went on to say that, you know, that marriage has its benefits. I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, what benefits is it? Then he goes on to say, well, you know, one of the benefits is you have companionship. Uh, you have financial growth. And then you get to make love as much as you want to. I told him, I said, I told him, I said, well, I'm not interested because to me that is not a a benefit. You understand what I'm saying? And then I told him, he said, well, in the Bible, it says that marriage is honorable, right? Then he goes on to say, in that it's better to marry than to burn. And then I had to fill in the other part. If you cannot contain yourself, then after we had got finished talking, I introduced him to the other side of what Paul had talked about about marriage because he said, "Yeah, 
it's better to marry or to burn. And, you know, marriage is honorable. He said, but, you know, hey, I spare you, you know, because you're going to go through difficulties and stuff, you know, and whatever. I'm just telling you, you go go through something. He said, and then on the other side of the ring, Paul said that it is that the man do better not giving the woman in marriage. And I was like, oh. And when I mentioned this to this gentleman, he says, well, I guess there is no right or wrong way. Right, because nothing stipulates in the Bible that says that you specifically have to do all these things and in order to be in, in the end with, with, with God. He gives you throughout the whole thing. He doesn't, he doesn't dictate to you what you can and cannot do other than the Ten Commandments. And then there's other commandments that's in the Bible, too, for about over 600 commands that's in there. But he doesn't infringe upon your right to make a decision because he said everything you can do, but not everything is expedient. So one that is eating strong meat, and can't weigh the difference of their life, what's right and wrong, uh, those are only ones that will be able to understand, you know, how to balance their life out. In this case, I had this small argument with this gentleman about marriage. And I told him, I said, well, I ain't interested. I've been married once before, only once. And I haven't married in 16 years. Not that I don't want to be. But I feel like this, if a person tells me that the benefits are all material, <laughs> you got companionship, you got financial increase, and you do it as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that benefit. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not, you know, uh, well, that's not the benefit because the institution of marriage was never meant to, to put all those desires up on your flesh for your own, for your own interest. The institution of marriage was about ministry, going out together un, untampered with mentally in order to do work. So if you, you, you uh, stock up on money, and stock up on just being together and doing it all the time, you ain't got no time to do God's business because you're too busy and laid up under one another. So I took the other stance as to say that, well, I think that, okay, marriage is good and it's honorable. But then Paul say, but you do it better if you don't take and do marriage because it, it, it derails what it is that you want to do or what you can do as a free man in God. And as you said before, caller, that who wants to get married and and sign the contract and you got the courts and everything in your business and she walked away with over half of everything got. And, you know, she didn't do, I mean, she did some things to support, but, you know, wouldn't it be better that you know uh, freely I came in, freely I leave, and what all that I put in there, take it with me, and rather have it on a contract and go into the court and get freed? Yeah, it's kind of like the church, like you're talking about uh, when you're reading, um, you know, signing documents. 
you know, for the churches, whether it be for to do their job or be tax-free status or whatever. I don't think they had to deal with that 200 years ago. I think they just acted as a church, and I think it was better, <laughs> you know? Another oh, thing, hey. too. Another thing, too. <laughs> yeah. And another thing, too, which I really don't, which I still sit there, I'm like, I don't think it makes sense at all, is that they got those preachers out there that are marriage counselors. How in the world could they be a marriage counselor if they've never been married before? Oh, isn't that interesting? I mean, what yeah. You know, perhaps yeah. they didn't been on the other side of the, They were married in the spirit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they got the power to marry, but, you know, don't nobody want to be bothered with somebody who ain't been through nothing. You know, if you ain't yeah. been through nothing, what can you counsel? You know, exactly. you got to have strong that you've been through something. Am I right? That's what you're saying? Ex- yes, exactly. Like those priests, I should say that. They're marriage counselors at the same time, too, and people go to them with problems with marriage, but priests, they take a vow that they're never going to get married. So how would they know about marriage and what's the problem going on? You know, I have a friend. I mean, maybe they they watch by witness. I I can answer that much more efficiently. You know, a lot of times, you, you know, there are a lot of priests who, who don't marry, and and there there are a lot of regular ordained ministers who who don't marry, but must have to go by the biblical standpoint of marriage at least in in terms of the Bible does say it's okay. Now I'm not saying that everybody should all of a sudden uh, and the Bible like, get, say uh, it's marry. okay if you don't right, but. But, but but you know we we all want to focus on on the book when it when it speaks against and forbids and what you shouldn't do and what you what what you won't do but yet we'll focus on the Bible when it what uh, what's okay and you are right Lord uh, Lord it, it it also says well it's okay uh, uh, not not too marry. But you know there there are other uh, factors that you, people need need to, to remember. You you know the power of uh, marriage and 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 as far as the benefits part, uh, Laurie, Miss Miss Cardi, I'd rather have the benefits of marriage than the drastic non-benefit of single parenting, where the, where the statistics show. More than 50% of single mothers in the United States will never receive child support. Okay. So when you put Wait that no. and, and uh, okay. uh, the marriage part. You, you, you might be saying, you know, that's just another option and way of thinking. But, you know, I've been a single parent even while I was married. You understand what I'm saying? What, what, no, what, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I was single. While I was married, because uh, he didn't act like, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, putting it down or anything because it's been 16 years ago, but I'm saying that in the marriage, okay, it's supposed to be two, you know, coming together to make things work a little bit better. This is what they're saying that the marriage of the benefit should be. But then there's some people that you marry, you know, that don't see the benefit. They look at the benefit as a way to put you up on a shelf and go outside and go play. Or go play with all the money, too. 
you know, and if the baby needs milk, and if we need food in the refrigerator, uh, and, and mama got to go, uh, welfare to go get it, because they went off in, into oblivion, you know, being a kid. So uh, what I'm saying to this is that even though that, 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 that the Christian religion takes focus on how we should be in their eyes, but what about those that are still Christian-minded spiritually, religiously, but spiritually, that have a right, just like when I was reading the Uganda anti-sexual bill linked with the U.S. Christian group, the United States Christian group, and where they were talking about that they were going to kill people in jail for, for, for promoting uh, 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 gay and lesbian and bisexual and trans transgender uh, relations, and um, and then then they go further to to show where uh, even though that they had to build, this is the same family who organized the Gandhian National Prayer Breakfast overseas and African sort, you know where uh, where all types of political people come. And then they go further to tell you that they that they they intent on fighting homosexuality and abortion, promoting free market economic and dictatorship, you know. And the ideal once termed total totalitarianism uh, for Christ. And then you know they go further to show where they feel as though that you know the focus shifts from so love and compassion and all these things that supposedly that God is that Jesus is all about that that Jesus wasn't about love mercy justice or forgiveness rather it was about power and then he goes forth to name three men of the fifth century that best understood the message of testament testament uh, of of power and they said some people would say it's Martin Luther King or Bonifice Bonifer or uh, Billy Graham. Then he goes over and give you an answer like, you know, the real ones that understood power, this is where I'm getting it, is Hitler, Stalin, and Mao, which which make your jaw drop and that uh, and that he says simply that these are evil men, but they understood power. Now again, this is why I'm saying this. Now, you know, you got Christian group religion. The religion itself that's trying to push their agenda on people that rather live liberal live because it is their inalienable right to live the way that they want to live. And well, these got the, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, I, I could just talk about myself. Myself, I fit. I. I um. I follow the mystic branches of religions, and Christianity has a mystic branch. And a matter of fact, I, uh, the roots of Christianity started as a mystical system, but a lot of a lot of these religions taken it uh, away. And basically, what the mystical system or any mystic branch of religion states is that, as mystics, what the main goal is to to experience God, and to remain in that experience with a, with, with all your life. Well, actually, the main goal is to experience God. And when mm-hmm. you experience him, that's when you start to live. That's when the things of being more compassionate, you know, 
being being more compassionate, you know, being um, you know, using all the other like virtues in your life comes right. to, comes being to play. Being conscious just, just, of what you're doing. Exactly. Just because once you experience that this feeling of what we call God, you basically see it in everyone else. So therefore, you start yeah. treating every others as God. Now, what happened a long time ago is that you had these people that weren't that that did not want to go through the process to get there, but they wanted the title. So what these people did is that they came out and they created this type of system, which mm-hmm. sits there and made them the middleman in between that experience of God, and that's the thing. You you could there cannot be a middleman in between your own experience of something else. And because that's it's where these, very personal. It's, exactly. it's a personal thing. And that's it's where the control comes. Not everybody experiences the same personal experience. Exactly. And that's where the control comes because they're trying to create an experience for you, trying to put a vision on how you should feel things, but it doesn't work that way. You have to feel that get that experience yourself, but then when you when you have the experience, the next thing you know, you're going to be sharing the same things of a lot of other people that have that experience, so you guys naturally harmonize with one another, which is wow. the true meaning of power, harmony, but with these type of um, people, they're so into control and everything, and power itself just means more of money or more of just try, trying to gain control, and that's the big problem that's going on. But as we speak right now, you're starting to see much more Mystic Branch leaders starting to come out and speak more. So I think that we're in a process right now of purification, I should say. You know, like we're getting to the point, like all this stuff starting to come out. Because back then, you know, we couldn't have a conversation like this, you know. <laughs> if you had a conversation uh, like this, you know, we... We we'd we'd be dead. We'd be on the run. You know, like we'd have to hide. Well, they look like that's what the Christian, the U.S. Christian, uh, the U.S. Christian uh, group or family called up there. United States Christian group is trying to do is bring back, bring back that cult to where you know uh, that they just go from one agenda to the next agenda till they get to this. Oh, you gonna speak out? Okay, well, we kill you, you know what I'm saying? You know, we don't know what it's going to turn back to because we see that history has repeated itself over this time that we have lived so far in the 21st or the 20th century and the 21st century. And so as you said before, no, we're not getting killed for it now, but, you know, it looks like they're trying to get something up, you know, to begin a, a, a crusade of dictatorship at some point in the future. And so it's best to get it all out now. If, you know, I don't think that nobody will uh, actually get hurt like like it was in the time of Jesus or like, uh, or like uh, Martin Luther King or all, who all that ever died for what they believed in in the way that they have. It may be dealt with with your economics, with money, anything, because when you start messing with the power at the powers that be that gets money for doing the things that they do and whatever they do the money with for, then you then then they start targeting you. So again, you know, is we should have a right to speak because it is in the Constitution for free speech. And also, uh, uh, you know, there are people that are not 
religious and don't believe in God. But they have to believe in something. Now, I only got eight minutes left before it's time to go again. Dang, it's just not enough time to talk about this. You know, because we still ain't got to the core of it yet. I might even say a little bit on the next show, which is coming up on the uh, 9th of uh, January 2010. I might say a little bit in the beginning about it because we've got other subjects to go to. But this has been very, very intriguing and, and interesting uh, topic because uh, when I've seen this particular article that talks about Jesus, do you follow? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to do research now and, and, and bring this about. And it's kind of interesting that I haven't seen no women that come up on this show to talk. You know what I'm saying? And it, that it's been you guys, uh, the men that have supported to come and talk about stuff like this, which I truly do thank you both for. Caller, uh, caller number two at nine two seven one. Is there any last minute words that you would like to say? I give you two minutes because we only got the six that's left, and you know, and we're gonna have to like break it down and close down for a minute until yeah. next time. Yeah, I'll, I'll be brief. Um, I see, I see a big difference between of man and of God, and that's one of the confusing things uh, having having man tell you what to do when, I don't know, there's some hypocrisy in the world. But, you know, we've gone from, you know, slavery to, you know, three-fifths status to separate but equal. We've seen South Africa with, you know, the white minority rule. We've seen uh, churches around here, out here in Washington, that told people to vote for George Bush because he was talking about anti, you know, he was against abortion. And, you know, then, I mean, George Bush could never do anything about the abortion deal, but he goes over to the Middle East and kills a bunch of people. And the church was tax-free, and they were diving right on into politics, and they fell for it. And I think uh, there is a, a difference between doing, you know, right in the world and, you know, d- doing what's, you know, what the church wants as opposed to what man wants. And I think that's ultimately, it's still confusing, but that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an awesome review on that. Caller number one, last minute, do you have anything else that you would like to say? I enjoyed both of you's conversation and, and your participation in this, and I hope that you will come and bring others to the blog talk show to talk on other various subjects that you know of concern, that especially you know when we're dealing with the world that we're dealing with today. And, you know, I really appreciate your participation and coming on to the Learning This Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Caller, what can you say on the last minutes we have left? Give you two minutes to speak. Okay, the only thing, um, the only thing I'm going to have to say is that um, if we really want to conquer our suffering, the, the true thing we must realize is that suffering only comes through desire. And if we want to conquer the suffering, our suffering is like, we should still intend to want to do things, you know, like, we talked about higher powers, you know, like, we could intend to make sure that these higher powers don't stay as a power, but our desire to want to do it is what keeps us suffering. Whatever we we attract to do it, uh, you know, like, it might take some time to get there, but you know what? We'll attract there. So let's just lose the desire to like try to 
get something done and just intend to get something done. And if you want to know more about mysticism, and there's a Christian, a Christian branch of branch of mysticism. There's a guy who's by the name of Father Peter. You can go to YouTube, just blog, just Google, just um, type Father Peter in, and he has many posts talking about the differences between um, Christian Christianity and Christian mysticism. Okay, I want to thank you, caller, for for that information. And I hope that you all have enjoyed uh, being and listening and participating on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. It has been really a good, uh, it's been really good for today. I really appreciate, you know, your participation. And I also want to say that we will be back with more Lardy Miss Blog Talk Radio Show on January the 9th, 2010. Again, the new year with exciting new topics to talk about. Stay tuned and have a safe and happy holiday and a great New Year's. Begin your New Year's solution by not planning to do. Just do it. Thank you, listeners, for your ear and your voices. Let's do it again on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Thank you, all listeners, and have a wonderful holiday. And do know that we will be back January the 9th. Holla at me, y'all. See y'all soon. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you. Come back again. Bye-bye. Oh, no.